When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, that was disappointing, to say the least. Um, you know, we we played inconsistently in the first half. Um, offensively, we we got off to a good start the first drive. Then we had four uh, four drives where we just came up short. We're we're a yard short, fourth and one, didn't convert, um, and we really needed to. I just grabbed the football team. And I told him, I said, we got a lot of good football players in that locker room. And it's our job, it's my job to get them to play consistently and play more efficiently and execute better. Um, And we did at times uh, do some good things. We didn't do enough uh, offensively to help our defense against a good offense. Um, and, And we certainly didn't play our best defensively either to slow them down. What's up, y'all? Hope everybody is feeling better than they were last night. Apologies for having to end the broadcast early. The fire alarm going off was not something that I expected or planned for, obviously, but kind of felt fitting given how that game ended up going. Uh, We're going to continue the takeaways here on this podcast. I edited some Norvell audio in, obviously, That's probably Monday or Tuesday by the time you're listening to this, but I think that's going to give everybody an opportunity to kind of cool off. Yesterday was just the perfect storm. I mean, it starts with CU pulling the big upset in Fort Worth, and everybody's already feeling doom and gloom about that. And then this game plays out, obviously, in in very disappointing fashion. And then to, to cap it off with Wyoming getting the double overtime win over Texas Tech, It was just a lot of salt in the wound. I'm not here to tell anybody that they shouldn't be frustrated. I was frustrated. But also, seasons aren't defined in week one. And I do think that's an important perspective to keep. This team does have talent. It it, it popped late in the game. But they, they really do have some of the top talent. It's why I was pretty positive coming in and honestly, it's it's why this outcome was frustrating because this team is too good to play that poorly. I'm going to get into some offensive and defensive takeaways on this one. We'll give out some helmet stickers. Don't think I got to that segment. And at the end of the podcast, I'll respond to the questions and comments that you guys posed to me on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. But I'm going to start with the turning point, which to me was early in the second quarter when the Rams went for it on fourth down in their own territory. Have no problem with the aggressiveness. In fact, I I liked it. Didn't love the play call, uh, run up the gut with Kobe Johnson, got stuffed for a loss of two. Just really felt like a gut punch. And I I honestly, I I applaud the CSU defense because they were able to get a stop and and not give up points after, you know, having to to come in a really brutal spot, the offense in, in plus territory. But from a, I don't know, just a confidence standpoint, it felt like the air went out of the building there. I think you could also point to the first drive of the third quarter. That's one of the things that Jay Norvell mentioned is 
just the lack of response from this group. I mean, they were down 14 points, 17-3 at halftime, which all things considered, not that bad of a position to be in. And I credit the defense in that first half for keeping them in it. I think they were just gassed in, in the second half and it had to be pretty deflating to, to come out and see the offense go three and out to start that third quarter. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in the locker room, so I can't say for sure, but it sure seemed like they were deflated at that moment because Wazoo went right down the field, six plays, 70 yards for a touchdown, only two minutes and 38 seconds. It was just a couple of chunk plays. Bam, bam, bam. Game over. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Like I said, we'll get into some offensive and defensive takeaways. Obviously, we'll talk about the quarterback position, uh, but just some keys to the game and why it played out the way that it did. Third down, defensively, the Rams really struggled to get off the field. They had they had the Cougars in third and long so many times, and it just felt like Cam Ward would, would make a play with his legs or somebody would be running wide open in the middle of the field. And then offensively, the Rams, they couldn't stay on the field. They were one of 10 on third down going into the fourth quarter. They actually went four of four on third down in, in the fourth. And a credit to Braden Fowler Nicolosi for making some plays when he had an opportunity to, but obviously the, the game was well out of hand at that point. Some of the other keys, failure to establish the run, talked about that going into the matchup. They really needed to, to set the tone in the trenches. And I do think the offensive line was significantly better than what we saw a year ago. And we'll get into that when we talk about the offensive takeaways. But 1.9 yards a pop, that's not going to get it done. They needed to do a better job of getting the ball to Torrey Horton. Again, Braden got him the ball in the fourth quarter, but there was at one point he had one catch on like four or five targets in the second half. What are you doing? He's the best player in the conference. Torrey needs double-digit targets every single game, and if for some reason he doesn't get it, then somebody else needs to have absolutely gone off because they were doubling and tripling Torrey, which you know allowed Justice Ross Simmons or Lewis Brown or Dallin Holker to just eat. All right, we'll continue with the offensive takeaways, but can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Crazy, right? Good thing that's over. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking up everyone with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the app, see what you can get. Download the app now and use the code DNVR to sign up. New customers can take $200 in bonus bets instantly for just betting $5. That code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.org co-slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources are available. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. I also want to shout out our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. With Game Time, it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, anything. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets. They have the best price guarantee. So stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. 
Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. I love that they have exclusive flash deals for football, basketball, baseball, really anything. And like I said, they always guarantee the lowest price. If you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag your tickets without stress using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms to apply. Again, create an account and redeem DNVR for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Cool, cool, cool. Let's start with the offense and. Going into this, all eyes were on the trenches and would the offensive line be able to hold up well enough for the quarterbacks to have an opportunity to distribute the ball to the extremely talented playmakers that the Rams have all over the field? I thought the O-line was a lot better. It wasn't perfect. There were some lapses in pass protection. They obviously need to run the football better. We already talked about that. But they only allowed one sack, two other QB hits, and only three tackles for loss on the day against a pretty good Pac-12 defensive line. You know, Washington State has a couple of guys that'll be in the mix for all-conference recognition. I thought they did their job. Clay took a pretty good shot when he tried to stretch the field with Torrey late in the third. That hit obviously took him out of the game. That was cruelly ironic, man. The, The one time he tries to go over the top, he gets absolutely obliterated. And, you know, I can't speak for him, but I just... I wonder what the residual impact of those hits he took last year are going to have on his development. And can he break out of that? Can he trust the offensive line enough to, you know, work his reads and an attack, you know, vertically? I do think some of it's on the play calling, which was kind of vanilla at times, a little bit predictable. But I also felt like there were instances where he missed guys in the middle of the field. I'm not trying to put it all on him or anything. I mean, There were some drops. Dylan Goffney had a pretty tough drop in the middle of the field that would have been a big play. They missed an opportunity on a comeback where Clay overthrew Lewis Brown. Those are just the plays that really compound things, especially when, you know, you're trying to get in a groove offensively. The quick hitters can work, you know, the runs up the gut, the the quick screens out wide. They can be effective when you're playing with tempo, but you also have to be able to get those chunk plays down the field. You've got to keep the defense honest. We just, we didn't see enough of that, at least not until Braden Fowler Nicolosi took over. As far as the future of the quarterback position goes, you know, Norvell postgame did say, you know, he felt like Braden did a really good job. He mentioned that he's practiced well, that they'll evaluate some things. I'm sure they'll have to go back and, and look at the film. I don't anticipate a quarterback change in week two. I think that would be premature after all that you've invested in Clay and Frankly, I really do think Clay can be a great quarterback. He has as much arm talent as any quarterback I've been around. I do think he's really smart. I just want to see him let it rip. I want to I just I want to see him unleashed. As far as Braden goes, I was impressed with the way he was able to come into the the game and be decisive, make quick decisions. I like that he was aggressive. The throw to Justice Ross Simmons for a touchdown was awesome. The, the throw to Dallin Holker in the end zone was perfectly placed. I mean, you see the talent Dallin Holker has, guys. And I like that Braden threw it up there. He gave this guy a chance. Um, at the same time, he was pretty reckless on a couple of throws. Obviously had the one turnover, but could have had two or three. I don't really blame him, though. I mean, he's just out there trying to make plays happen. 
in a really bad spot. But yeah, I mean, credit to Braden for coming in and making some things happen. Helped the offense get over 20 points for the first time of the air raid era. Small silver lining. Thought the first drive was a silver lining as well. Just the fact that they were able to get Justice Ross Simmons the ball early, execute some bubble screens. They weren't able to do that at all a season ago. Uh, The fact that Jordan Noyes drilled a 38-yard field goal on his first attempt, that specific area, like 35 to 48, has been a house of horrors for CSU kickers over the years, and for him to do it so effortlessly was definitely encouraging. It looks like he has a pretty big leg, but they've just they've got to find a way to be more consistent. They've got to sustain drives after that that first drive went 12 yards 50, or 12 plays, excuse me, 55 yards, four minutes, 29 seconds, ends with the field goal. The Rams went three plays for nine yards, a minute 38, ends with a punt, three plays for minus one yards, a minute 12, punt, four plays, seven yards, a minute 10, a turnover on downs, three for nine, only a minute 41 off the clock, punt, three for eight, 46 seconds, punt, three for two, a minute four, punt, two for 11, 28 seconds, interception, uh, eight plays for 10, turnover on downs, eight plays for 38 yards, interception, before they finally end with a couple of touchdowns at the end. 13 total drives, average time of possession, a minute 43. Not great, Bob. All right, let's get into some defensive takeaways. Then we will hand out some helmet stickers, shout out some individuals that performed well for CSU in this one. There were some lapses in coverage that surprised me. You know, some receivers running wide open that I just did not expect that. I did think the pass rush would be more consistent. Came away with three sacks. Mo Camara coming off the edge. He's a heat-seeking missile. I want to see more Kennedy McDowell out there. True freshman was playing hard, and I've heard a lot of really good things about him. Uh, I did feel like CSU defended the run pretty well, outside of maybe against Cam Ward, but 37 total rushes for 90 yards. That's 2.4 yards a pop. You can live with that. Just needed to be better on third down. They needed to get off the field, especially in the first half. Felt like they kept getting them in third and long. You know, you'd stuff the run, get an incomplete pass, and then, you know, give up 20 on third and nine or something like that. A lot of that was not keeping Cam Ward contained, which is another thing that we emphasize going in. He's really slippery. And if you allow him to run around, dangerous things can happen. Moving forward, I'm not super worried about this group or anything like that. I I do think they have talent. I think there was an element of kind of getting shell-shocked in this one. I think they were gassed in the second half, and I think they were deflated after, you know, the offense went three and out once again, their fifth consecutive failed drive. That frustration adds up, but definitely not the stout performance that we were expecting or stifling defense, however you want to phrase it. All right, let's... Let's talk about some individuals. And like I said, we'll answer questions, comments at the end. Do you want to shout out FOCO? They are a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. They've hooked us up with many set decorations. Uh, FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They are going to have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the podcast description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. You're definitely going to love FOCO. 
Uh, you're going to love Breckenridge Brewery as well. You know we love our Breck brews at DNVR. That's because they have a beer for any occasion. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. They've been doing it for 33 years. It's made with 100% renewable energy. And you just got to love the endless variety that they offer. You want to go classic Avalanche Amber Ale. Perfect, especially in the fall. You want something a little sweeter. The Mountain Beach Sour, the perfect amount of sweetness and tartness. They just really nailed it. I'm not a huge sour guy in general, but I can't get enough of Mountain Beach. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. All right, we shouted him out on the pod last night, but the player of the game, sophomore wide receiver Justice Ross Simmons, five catches, 123 yards, including a 75-yard touchdown. Perfect throw from Braden Fowler Nicolosi, hit him in stride. That's the type of stuff we want to see more of, attacking the middle of the field. He scored very similarly against uh, Washington State a year ago, if I remember correctly. Might have been a different opponent, but uh, Justice Ross Simmons, great to see him break out. Another guy I would like to see get the ball more, Kobe Johnson. You see the explosiveness he had on that kickoff return for a touchdown, first to do so since Anthony Hawkins back in 2019. In the preseason, I predicted that CSU would house a kickoff mostly because of the speed he brings to the table. It, it does not take a lot of space. He's a smaller guy. He's kind of shifty, uh, but I love that he went for it. They really need to get him the ball more on offense. Give a helmet sticker to Braden Fowler Nicolosi for the way he came in and performed 13 to 20, 210, two touchdowns, one interception. Could have had a couple more, but you know, all things considered, I, I was really impressed with the sophomore. If the offense does not open up moving forward, you know, might have to have some type of tough conversation here. Uh, I give a helmet sticker to the entire offensive line. Was it perfect? No, but it was leaps and bounds improvement from what we saw a year ago. I know the the rushing numbers are not great. I get that the offense as a whole, you know, was was not phenomenal, but it was not like last year where the the offense was just getting absolutely destroyed right off the snap. They're going backwards. I mean, in this game a year ago, you gave up seven sacks and 12 tackles for loss. Gave up one sack and three tackles for loss in this game. That's undeniably improvement. Now, you need more. You need the results to come. But to some of the cynics saying, like, this is even worse than last year. I don't know what you were watching. I don't. Um, Helmet sticker for Torrey Horton. Nine catches, 81 yards. Helmet sticker for Dallin Holker, five catches, 47 yards, and one of the best touchdown receptions I've seen any Ram make in a while, let alone a tight end. They got to get that guy the ball more because he's dangerous. He's the best tight end in the league. Uh, Defensively, I'll give a helmet sticker to our guy, Jack Howell. He led the Rams in tackles, 16 total tackles in this one. Give one to Henry Blackburn, 14 tackles. Between Howell, Blackburn, and Hector, 40 of CSU's 107 tackles need some of those guys in the front seven to, to step up, start making some of those plays. Blackburn had a couple of tackles for loss, was really flying around out there. Uh, helmet sticker for Chase Wilson, first career start, had 12 total tackles, uh, only two solo, but uh, as a whole, Rams did pretty well defending the run. Uh, linebackers, you know, liked, liked what I saw, need to defend the middle of the field a little bit better in pass coverage situations. But shout out Chase Wilson. Uh, shout out to Aiden Hector, who had 10 total tackles, one and a half uh, tackles for loss, a sack. He had a fumble recovery, uh, helmet sticker 
for Mo Camara. Only three total tackles in this one, but man, he was a heat-seeking missile coming off the edge there when he forced the fumble. Would love to see more of that moving forward. Uh, helmet sticker for Kennedy McDowell, true freshman, made a really strong impact, strong impression. Would definitely like to see him on the field more. That guy's got a relentless motor. Like I said, I've heard a lot of really positive things about him going back to the spring. I think he's going to be really good. I think a lot of these guys are going to be really good. But I just, I want to see this team develop some resilience this season. Because watching that game, especially in the building, it really felt like their tails went between their legs before the game was out of hand. You know, I, I think CSU football like institutionally lacks confidence and and they just don't act like a winning program, you know, winning teams when they go down seven, 10, 14, you know, even 17, 20, they think they're going to pull it out. You know, the Kansas city chiefs, you see it with Mahomes. He's, he's got a winning record when going down double digits. It makes zero sense, but that's the thing about winning teams. They just, they believe they're going to do it and losing teams when they, they get down a touchdown, they, they get down 10, you can see it on their, their faces, their body language changes, the demeanor changes, the energy changes. And that's something that's got to shift with this program because they do have talent. They have talent too much of it to get embarrassed like this at home. I don't know how you change that. Unfortunately, without doing it, you know, without having a dramatic comeback or something like that, where you can, tangibly, you know, see the the difference. But if nothing else this year, I really want to see that change with this team, with this program, when they go down seven points, when they go down 10 points, I don't want to look down on the sideline and, and just feel like everybody's tails are tucked between their legs. Like it, it feels over because it shouldn't be not in modern football and not with a vertical passing offense. All right, I'm going to get to your questions and comments here, but take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades and an affordable price. They're an independent sunglasses company, but they make a product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. And what's awesome is they offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall. Full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, just exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. They always have your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, we're going to wrap up the show. Questions and comments, but... I do got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. NFL week one is here. I'm absolutely stoked. (laughs) Probably going to be disappointed just like I was with college football. Being a Broncos fan is tough right now. But I'm looking at that game one between the Chiefs and the Lions. And there's just far too much Detroit hype for me in this game. I don't know. I do think they're going to be a really fun team. You know, I love watching, you know, Amonra St. Brown. Uh, they, you know, drafted Jameer Gibbs, Jamison Williams, couple of Bama guys. You know, I'm all in on that. But the Chiefs at home, six and a half point favorites. I do really like that. Um, I'm going to look at the first half, though. And I am going to take the the Kansas City Chiefs 
minus four and a half at plus 100, the first half spread. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. All right, I'm just going to rapid fire these. Um, I'm not going to list people's Twitter handles or anything like that because it ends up being goofy when I can't pronounce them. But let's just move through it. Seriously, why was the O so inept tonight? A lot of factors, a lot of factors. I feel like there were missed opportunities to execute when you look at, you know, the the plays like the overthrow to Lewis Brown on the comeback, the drops. Those are the types of plays that are brutal when it comes to sustaining drives. And they really just compound things, especially when you aren't running the ball particularly well. I do feel like if they would have had more success with the passing offense, it would have opened some things up with the run probably should have been a little bit more flexible in the second quarter and, you know, not trying to keep going to those quick hitters up the gut. But I mean, it's, it's easy to do it from the armchair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this one is a sarcastic comment, but I'll read it. I hear Tennessee is interested in Norvell. Do we need to extend him now? That's obviously a callback to Bobo's second season when he was reportedly in the mix for that Tennessee job, full Bobo era, whether they should have extended him, shouldn't have that, it's one of the, the highly debated things among CSU Ram fans on Twitter. I, at the time, supported extending him in 2017. I really did. Uh, by 2018, I had completely changed my mind on that, but that's how that works. Millen or BFN? Um, got to give BFN credit for the way he played last night. I, I still think you've got to rock with Millen for at least another week or two. I think putting... Braden in that type of atmosphere week two, especially with the, the speed CU seems to have, that could be a, a recipe for disaster. That said, you know, the only way they're going to beat the buffs, I think is probably in a, in a shootout. If we see the same conservatism, both with the play calling and decision-making from, from Millen against the buffs, it, it could get ugly pretty quickly. This next couple of weeks going to be huge. They've got to have their offense figured out by, like the end of that middle Tennessee game, really? I mean, that that's a game they probably need to win. I mean, if you want to be in a bowl, I think going 500 in non-conference play is huge or you really can't afford any slip-ups in, in the Mountain West slate. All right, did they just not open up the playbook? It felt like the O-line held up much better than last year, but it looks like Millen took a major step back. I mean, I, I don't want to say a major step back, but he definitely seemed gun-shy out there. I do think an element of it was play calling and just kind of trying to be conservative and, and not putting that offensive line in a position where the D line can tee off on them. They're just trying to get rid of the ball quickly, but it definitely was a concern of mine coming into this season, just as far as Millen kind of feeling shadows, feeling comfortable in his own skin back there after, after the beating he took. I mean, I can't blame him for instinctually probably not wanting to trust that offensive line after getting your teeth kicked in. That's human nature. And it was, it was just so brutally cruel and ironic that the one time he did try to go stretch the field just absolutely gets blasted in the ribs on a hit that was very similar to the one that injured him last year. I don't know. I guess I didn't really answer your question there, but I think it's a combination of both. Um, another comment here, if there isn't a quarterback competition, there needs to be. I don't know if it's necessarily an open competition per se, but I, I think... The leash is getting shorter and shorter with Clay. You know, he's got to prove that he is the guy we all thought he could be. I do think it's too early to to give up hope yet on a guy that has that much pure arm talent, who's really intelligent, who by all accounts is a really, you know, good dude. I certainly enjoy being around him. But we got to see more from him. 
point blank period. It's that simple. We cannot afford to go another 12 games where the offense is struggling to put 20 points on the board. I'm not necessarily asking for perfection, you know, Garrett Grayson 2014 or God, I mean, even at times Nick Stevens down the stretch in 2016, 2017, those guys were, were really just masters of their craft, at least in terms of the way that they executed their offense. And Clay has more arm talent than any of those guys. He really does, but he's got to let it rip. That's going to be the theme of these next couple of weeks. Let it rip, man. Anyways, I think that's all I've got on this one. Again, apologies for the, the wonky live broadcast. I appreciate the everybody that tuned in. We had great viewership. I, I, in the future, I think it's going to go a lot smoother. I'll be able to answer your comments that night. I know you know a couple days later, it's, it's not quite as satisfying, but I just appreciate you guys rocking with me, supporting the coverage. It means a lot. We, we've had really great numbers uh, throughout camp and obviously going into this season. And it means a lot to me. It, it really helps me out with my bosses, especially with all the CU love. So I know I do this all the time. I'm kind of a corny guy, but I genuinely recognize none of this would be possible without any of you guys. And you could choose to get your information anywhere, but you guys choose to support me. And I, I never take that for granted. I never do. So I hope everybody enjoys the the rest of their Labor Day weekend. Hope everybody has a good week, gets a chance to reset. I think there's a pretty good chance that the the Rocky Mountain Showdown is the site for game day week three, especially if CU beats Nebraska. But a big game coming up, big game coming up, and I'll I'll be there for it all. Much love, y'all. Always proud to be. Peace. Probably never make it when you listening to that right now. I said we on now.